You're listening to the Power of Video podcast, episode number 68. Today's guest is going to go over one of the most frequently asked questions I get in my podcast community, and that is what type of gear should I buy? Should I stick to the budget stuff? Do I go for the more expensive stuff? What type of video camera should I use? How do I design my set? He covers it all, and he also shares a story about how one of his clients spent over $100,000 worth of gear, and it turns out it was worthless. You're going to love this episode, and here we go. What's going on, everyone? Thomas Jordan here for another episode. Today, we are joined by the original live streaming pro, David Foster. What's going on, man? Hey, how's it going, man? <laughs> oh, it's it's going, man. I appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we are just going to dive right in. I want to know, I know you do a lot of things, live streaming, podcasting, YouTube. Uh, how did you get into, like, where did you, um, your content creating journey start? So when I was uh, a shingler um, <laughs> and I was on top of a roof and I was sweating uh, and and sometimes even dripping blood because I hit my head one time and, and cut my head getting up on a scaffolding and, and I was sitting there and I still had to work because I was a piece rate uh, employee. And I was sitting there on the roof one day and I was watching up in the office, people in the AC standing there talking by a water cooler and I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I doing this to my body? You know, like I'm sitting here killing myself so that those people can have that better life. And I was like, I want to just have something that I can do that isn't going to kill me. So I took it upon myself to get online and I, I learned web design. So I started doing websites. Um, and through that journey, I started doing in 2010, I started doing um, Facebook apps. And I built an app where you could basically build a website on Facebook. Cause I don't know if you remember when they had tabs yep. uh, and you could decide what the default tab you landed on. So I was doing like capture pages and stuff like that on Facebook. And I started live streaming with an app. I can't even remember the name of the app at this time. It, it, it was a, it's an old dep deprecated app now, but it allowed me to live stream to my customers. And in doing that, I was getting like 800, 1,000, because I had like 20,000 some customers that, that purchased our product. And I was getting like 800, 1,000 people on these streams and just was realizing that people like that. But what they kept asking me is like, what camera are you using? How are you doing this? You know? And so I was like, maybe there's something here as well. And so fast forward uh, to when I was with a company called Live Streaming Pros, we started answering that question through courses and stuff like that, because those were the biggest questions we got. I did uh, a channel called Geeks Life where I did tech reviews and all that other stuff. And I live streamed. And the biggest question again, how are you getting that, th that camera look? What a microphone are you using? So it's like, everybody was just so curious about that stuff that that was the majority of the questions I was responding to on my live stream. So I was like, I got to make something of this. Uh, and the rest is history. And I know there's different avenues, but what was pulling you specifically towards live streaming? I love the the real time engagement of it. I love the fact that I am sitting here like with you right now. We're live yep. recording this. You're, people the watching are watching recording, but you and I are sitting here together and we're having a conversation. And so I look at live streaming as a real time conversation. And there's no you can't like, oh, let me start over, yep. you know, like with video editing, you can cut out all the mistakes but you can't when you're live. So it's just like, it's, it's more real for the viewer. It's more real for the creator. And it's just, it's the thing that I feel builds the, the most solid relationships and you're getting to engage in real time um, and answer people's questions and et cetera. 
No, I totally agree. I haven't gotten there yet. Like I would love to get to like the whole live podcasting aspect because mm -hmm. so for people who don't, and I, I can't remember when we met, if I told you, if you remember, I have a broadcasting background and I hated being like in studio, like even though it was live, like I had more fun where it was like breaking news. Like and that's where, I mean, you, there are people who do the news who are like, who see a prompter and can just crush it. I am not one of those people for a <laughs> couple of Yeah, I have ADHD and I'm dyslexic. So the words moving plus words, but it's a whole different story, but like live, like on your feet, like just going plus it saves on editing yeah. so much. Like once yeah. you start creating content for a little while and kind of get the hang of it and get into a flow, you realize like, live streaming is just like one cut and maybe you take a couple notes where you cut here and there and you're mm -hmm. done. Well, and, and the beauty of like, so I have a show right now that I do on a, on our, our biggest channel and my co-hosts are both from broadcast media. So my, my co-host Clayton, he is an ex Fox news. He was on Fox news for 10 years so he can read a prompter. And so can Natalie, she's from MSNBC. Mm -hmm. They can read a prompter. Like it's no big deal yep. or not have a prompter. Like they're so fluid. So Whereas good. if I have a prompter, I'm like, Today, we're going to be talking about, I, can't, I just can't do it. I can't do the inflection and stuff because yeah. I feel like I have to read the whole time. And I see people reading prompters and they're looking away and they're doing their arms. I'm like, that's impressive. It's, it's a uh, skill for sure. It, it definitely is. And yeah, and when it comes, but it's so funny because even in the media industry, we see the get like what it takes to have like a full fledged studio. And if you ever, if you just don't know, like if you're a beginner and you walk into these studios, you're like, you're just a little overwhelmed. You're like, oh my God, mm -hmm. this costs like hundreds and thousands of dollars. But now, they have made it so where it is basic anybody can do it for i oh, mean yeah. i know there's different tiers of pricing of for mm -hmm. live streamers but it really in the grand scheme of things is not that expensive no the barrier of entry so when i first got started the camera that i had to use was twenty five hundred dollars <sighs> because it had a certain connection that was the only connection you could connect to something that could stream and so that has come down and down and down and so people like I'm in a, I'm in a bedroom of my house and, and all you see is the back studio or whatever, but the rest of this is just a bedroom. I got a bathroom right here, you know, and yeah. I'm testing a camera. I can't show it to you right now, but there's a camera on a tripod over here that I'm testing. That's a $498 camera with a fixed prime lens. It's a Sony camera. And so these cameras have like the $2,500 camera not, and then I have this is a Sony a6100. This is about a $700 camera, which is a, a great camera. And I've used this for about five years, but now they've got this, this new Sony that came out, the ZV-1F, that is a $498 camera and puts out USB streaming. So you don't even have to buy a capture card anymore. So it's like, it just continues to get better and better and better. And, you know, even the platforms, the technology also is moving forward. So you're able to send a lot more information. The chat systems are getting better. Um, you know, the revenue generation, the fact that you can monetize your live streams pretty quickly now on certain platforms. And even with like things like buy me a coffee or um, things like that, you can start monetizing right away and start creating content. And it's just getting so much easier. Yeah. And it's insane. I mean, your setup, I mean, I know there's people listening for the people who are watching on YouTube. Like I said, I'll put the link in the description for, um, if you're listening on the podcast, but your setup is so sweet, dude. <laughs> like, Thank you. Thank you've you. got, I know you're shooting, are you shooting in 24 frames or 60 frames? I, I'm a 60 frames guy. Yep. You're so, not going to see it on this recording because Zoom doesn't yeah, um, yeah, yeah. accept that. But you definitely can tell. And I, I've gotten in arguments with people who um, 
do big productions like Google size productions. And they're like, dude, why do you use 60 frames for talking head production? But I'm telling you, every time I've had a client and I set them at 60 frames, people are like, how is your quality so good? It's dude, that one thing. It's so good. Like it almost looks glossy. Like it, yeah. it just, it's so good. And like, like I said, you've got the right camera, the right lenses, everything. And I know mm -hmm. you build these sets too, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. I find awesome. So how did you, I know, you know, all about tech and gear and cameras and we can tackle that in a second. And I feel mm -hmm. bad for people who are listed and not watching because <laughs> your set is so sick. But like, when did you figure out that it's like, oh, I'm really good at building sets? Well, so I had uh, a guy contact me. He's like, look, man, I, I want to set up a studio and I have no idea what I'm doing. And uh, he was in uh, California and he was just a friend. And I was like, oh, I could probably do something. I mean, I built my own sets. I had not, I've never done anybody else's. So I just asked him like, what are you looking for? Show me some examples. And so I took his examples and I went, had him order all the products. And I went there and I just set it up basically how he wanted it. And he was like, dude, this is so easy because what a lot of people didn't realize, I was setting them up live video studios, but what they didn't realize is in doing that, I'm also setting them up a full-on recording studio. I have a studio, I can come in, I can sit down, I hit record and I can record videos and I don't need an SD card in my camera. I'm recording locally on my computer. I can get better quality that way. And so they didn't realize that they were getting full-on recording studios. Well, once that got out, then I started getting uh, bigger clients. My next client after that was Michael Hyatt. I don't know if you know who Michael Hyatt is. Mm, not at the uh, top of he, my head. Yeah, he's he's a huge influencer in the. Um, I don't even I don't even know what space he's technically is. He's an author, uh, and so he helps people with with just lifestyle stuff. Yeah. Um. And so after that, he's like, "Oh my gosh, this has made me so much more efficient." Then he sold, told some of his friends, and then they were calling me, and then all of a sudden it just started getting out that I was doing that. Um, and then I ended up, I, I think I've done probably 25, 30 studios now. It's sick. So, and yeah. I got a selfish question for you. So I know yeah. you can kind of see what's in my background. I uh -huh. already, I already know I'm not <laughs> for further enough, further enough. I need to get away from this wall. Cause I feel like yeah. that is a big mistake that a lot of people when whether they're video podcasting, live streaming is they're backed up against the wall. So mm -hmm. what you can see here, what would you do? to what's well, part, going on around me. <laughs> part of my problem is as soon as I saw your camera, I started thinking, oh, he could do this and this. Like yeah. that, that shelving area in the back is beautiful. That's perfect. That I don't know if you know who uh, Donald uh, um, Donald Miller is from StoryBrand. I've heard the name and I definitely okay, so heard I, StoryBrand. I did his studio and we did a thing just like your background. So yeah, if you, it looks like you're using a webcam. Am I, am I right? Yeah, I'm using, I'm trying to keep it in. That's what I tell a lot of my students and clients. Mm -hmm. That's part of one that's like in my pillars is just like simplicity. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not even using any lights. So like you could tell where it's coming from here. Yep. So Window. it's like, I'm just trying to keep it as simple as possible. But when you start so, having a budget to like up it up uh -huh. a little bit, that's when we could, you know, go into what yeah, you're well, about to talk about. And that's the thing, like the budget is getting so much lower. Like what I would do personally with you is like, look what I got, fake plants. It adds color. I've got things that pop color. And what I always tell people is behind you, put who you are personally. If you're, if you are a geek and you like geeky stuff, like I do, I got slave one from star Wars, captain America. I have a mandolin sitting right here. Just the things that are Thor's hammer, Decorate it with who you are, because what it does is without me even having to say anything, people can kind of figure out I'm kind of a geek, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't even have to refer to that. 
So I tell people like, what is it that you like? If you're a business person, do you like books? Well, then put some books back there with pops of color. You just want to add some color back there because there's the beige or whatever. Then always LED lights. I've got LED lights. I've got LED lights coming in this whole house, my kitchen, my living room. Like it's, it's insane. I am, I am obsessed with LED lights, but they look so good on camera. And I have my whole house set up so that, Hey, if I want to grab a camera and make a video, I've got LED lights behind me. Well, if we, if I wanted to buy LED lights or the, person either watching this and sees that because I know there's so many brands. Mm-hmm. What do you, what are in your personal opinion, what are some good LED brands? So Hue is the best that I've found because they're so consistent and the apps just work. I tried GoV. That's a mm-hmm. that's a huge brand that a lot of people know. And every single one of them I can I can only turn on manually. They're supposed to be able to be turned on with the phone and with Alexa. Cause I just say watch Siri. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Hey Siri. Turn on the studio. Studio lights are on. So my studio lights just come on when I tell Siri that. And then I, when awesome. I'm walking out, I just say, shut them off and boom, they all go off. With Hue, that works great. But with Govi, I was running into all kinds of problems. Now there are some that are as good, but I just tell everybody to get Hue. They are very expensive, but I've had, I've had some of these lights for six, seven years and not a single issue with them. I, uh, one of my buddies, uh, has a famous quote for stuff like this for expensive gear. He's like, buy it nice or buy it twice. <laughs> that's exact. That is perfect because that's so true. I don't know how many times I've had people come to me and, and, and one of them was a, I'm not going to say his name, but he's a big influencer. And he's like, dude, I just got, you know, we were talking about doing my studio. I just got an opportunity to buy out all the gear from this old TV studio. It's like a million dollars worth of gear. And I bought it for like a hundred grand. And when he told me and I started looking through it, I was like, dude, you can't use any of this because none of the technology works with what you use today. And you don't ever, you can't keep a receipt for that. (laughs) No, because that's like you bought it from an individual. So it's like, I always tell people, don't go buy things like cheap things, like you just said, and and hope that it's going to work. That's why I try to educate people on what does work because I would rather see people save the money and buy something they're going to have to buy once. I bought this camera, $698.00 six years ago now, five, five or six years ago. And it's been my main camera. And and this will last me my entire streaming career. There's no reason that I would probably ever have to replace this camera unless, you know, I mean, something could happen to it, but I yeah. keep it mounted and, and it's been fine. I'm testing a new one right now. I'm testing a Sony ZV-E10. So that's the only reason I took it down. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, you want to like, like I always say, you can always spend a little money like, like you're using a webcam, right? Yeah, so I did. Another- I'm using the webcam. To be fair, I just, my MacBook died, so I had to get oh. the base model MacBook Pro mm-hmm. with the M1 Pro M1. chip. Mm-hmm. So it was like baseline. So this is like what you could see is just yeah, is the can the webcam that's in the actual well, which laptop. Is a, it's a 1080 camera. It's a good camera. But let's say you wanted to increase your quality, and you're like, I think I'm going to get a webcam. My thing would be no, don't buy things that are going to increase your quality this much buy things that are going to increase it this much. So, you know, like, because what would happen is you'd buy a webcam to increase your quality this much. And guess what? You're not going to be completely happy with that quality long-term. And you're going to spend right now, a hundred, $200, even up to $300. Some webcams are these days to make your quality this much better. 
when you yep. could save and spend $500 and get a camera that's going to make it this much better. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. Well, it's not funny, but this is a little bit more advanced. And I feel like for a lot of content creators, we feel like we can learn ourselves and go down the Google, but like hot, like, investing in yourself, whether it's courses, workshops, mentors like yourself or myself will say like it, if it's an upfront cost that people are worried about, which I see a lot of like, oh my God, he charges what? It's like, okay, go do it yourself and see how much money you waste. Like, cause even if you got that camera, like what you're talking about, or I even have a, uh, a cinema camera, my C100 Mark II. Mm -hmm. I love that camera because I used to stream. Dude, I know, and that's what I'm saying. So it's like you use what you got. And, but the thing is, if you don't know how to use that stuff, like I could have the, I mean, that camera now isn't what it, but it was like three grand back in the day. Mm -hmm. And, but the thing is, if you don't have the right lens, if you don't have the right settings, I mean, this lighting looks good because it's natural light, but I don't even have a diffuser, like a DIY diffuser. So I look a little hot as they say, like, it's just mm -hmm. little tiny things like this room. I'm actually, this is your, your, this is actually the first interview I'm doing in this room, super high ceilings. So but, echo. <laughs> but, but, but behind me though, I'm trying, like I've got, uh, pillows. You can't see it is just stacked <laughs> to high heaven. Cause I'm trying to like DIY, almost like build a booth in mm -hmm. this area because it's a great room, great background, but I've got high ceilings. So I've told people before you can have the best microphone, the best interface, the best booster, the best camp. But if you don't know the lighting, the settings, yep. like the sound, like soundproofing is a thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's just so many things. And that, and that's just the gear part. We haven't even gotten to the content part. Right. Right. Well, and I, and one thing I tell people too, is like, if you have a Mac with run and Ventura and the new iOS 16, so this is the iPhone 14 pro max. When I sit down at my Mac and I open up OBS, this automatically comes in with a camera with the cinematic mode, with the depth of field. So it looks just, I, I, I was testing it the other day and it looks just as good as a mirrorless camera. Um, yeah. Colors are a little bit different. They can't dial them in as well, but in software, I could dial it in in OBS and make it look just as good. So I'm actually working on testing that, but it's like you have even a Samsung S22, this, any of the latest phones, like for even down to like the 11, 11 pro, those would look really good and better than a webcam. So it's, it's a little bit different because you take, got to take it in and out, um, you know, of production, uh, and then put it back in your pocket, but it's that or, or buy another camera. And what's funny is what you're saying about, like, I've seen so many people set up, like when you see in front of the camera, yeah. it looks horrible. And it reminds me of this TV commercial. I don't know if you ever saw it. This guy is sitting there talking. He's watching the kids while his wife's out of town and he's holding the kids and he's talking to his wife saying, everything's fine. And it, everything looks nice and spick and span. But then after she leaves the call, it zooms out and he had cleaned a square on the wall with spaghetti <laughs> sauce where it was just clean. <laughs> everything else was spaghetti and everything all over the kitchen walls. And it's just like, yeah. it does this, this square is all that matters. Yeah. Well, just, and once again, I mean, with people, I know we, we want to, you know, you start with what you have, like, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes people don't have the budget for that. And you're all nine times out of 10, I swear people are shooting in their house, in their rooms. But what if, what would you do for somebody like me? Who's got high ceilings in here? I have contemplated in like Jerry rigging, like PVC pipe and almost like a almost like a uh, like a booth with like sound blankets around it so it could almost 
like like you said behind the camera you wouldn't be able mm -hmm. to tell but it would be like its own cube in here because sound panels to the ceiling out of the question so yeah, expensive you don't, you don't have to because you're you're somebody that doesn't mind having the mic up here like me yeah right so because you're doing podcast quality so you want that audio to be very good so the closer you get the closer you are to your microphone mm -hmm. the better the quality so even in this room which i have carpet i have uh, things on the wall if i move away you start to hear the echo right mm -hmm. so the closer i am the better it's going to be so all you would have to do is take uh light blocking curtains and just uh, thumbtack them. That's what I have over here on the, they're thumbtacked into the wall so you don't leave holes, big holes. And I just put those all around and that's fine. And then just a rug. If you if it's wood floors, just put a rug down and you'll be good. Yep. Yeah, I'll have to show you because I've got, but dude, the thing is like, I thought I was like, okay, I'm gonna, like you said, just kind of figure something out with PVC pipe. I've got a friend uh -huh. who's an electrical engineer, so we're gonna try and like figure something out. But he's like, man, he's like, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but PVC pipe, is not <laughs> what it used to be. And I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? We're looking at prices, man. I'm telling you, the amount of PVC pipe I would need would probably be in the two to $300 range. Like things oh, have it's gone, crazy. it is insane. So I do overlanding too. I got a channel called Overland Geeks and I went to to deck out my the back of my Toyota for a sleeping. So mm -hmm. I needed a piece of wood to just make it flat. Mm -hmm. I got a, a piece of three quarter inch oak was a hundred and nine dollars for one panel god <laughs> yeah. and that's the thing and even with diy stuff like you can build I, i've seen people build their own like panels for the wall like squares mm -hmm. and rectangles and just fill it with like dollar store towels and stuff mm -hmm. but it's like the cost of wood man right <laughs> like, i know it's crazy it's insane i was just looking up i, I was just getting ready to order turkey for thanksgiving $129 for a 14 pound turkey. Jesus. Pasture raised, mind you, but like no name. There, like, I don't know the name of the turkey. I don't get to watch the video of like it's, I don't know. That's, yeah, we, that was that blew my mind. Yeah, we might have to like suck it up and just like go hunt, go hunt it ourselves. Yeah, we're know? gonna eat sparrows this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, but yeah, to go back for people who are on a budget though, what do you, if they're just starting, like, what do you think? a solid budget would be to get started either like because my audience is mainly podcasters video podcasters mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. do you think what is like a decent budget would be i mean you know like if you already have a phone i can record podcasts so i can actually plug usb microphone into this camera and, and i or in this phone and I, there's a $20 fee fine microphone on amazon that i've done this with i have a a, a mic stand and everything that comes with it $20 microphone plugged into this phone, doesn't need any power, and you can record a podcast right on here and it sounds amazing. Then you can take it through GarageBand, put a little bit of bass on it, uh, you know, um, take and, and edit it. So these right here are just great tools for content creation. I could, I could sit here and record a video with that podcast audio on a tripod right in front of me and it's gonna be good enough to get started. You don't have to, the, the problem is people get into what I call into the weeds. They feel like, oh my gosh, I saw this amazing production. I can't put myself out there until I'm that level. That is not true. You need to just put yourself out there and not worry about the quality right away. You know, you, you want to make a, what Roberto Blake, I don't know if you know who he is. Yep. He's an influencer. He says, make a hundred crappy videos. And he is not wrong because in that time that you're making those crappy videos that like years from now, you'll look back and be like, I can't believe those were me. 
those videos help you learn. They help you learn the skills. They help you learn how to position yourself on camera, how to set your screen, how to set up your phone, how to get better audio, how to edit. You're learning all these valuable skills while you're making those crappy videos. So like I said, don't think that you have to buy any gear to get started. Even if you have a Samsung phone and, and I'm saying even like an iPhone 11 an iPhone 10, you can still plug a microphone into those cameras and record. So Yep. That's what I would do. That's what I recommend. And then if you do have a, a bit of a budget, you know, then you can start moving forward with actual equipment. And there are some people that they have that they want to go right away. But again, it all depends on your room, your room size, where you're going to be. Cause I, I recommend different lights for different scenarios. That's why I was always like, like we need to find somebody else to do these studios so that you can do other things. Like, I don't know that I could, because like I walk into a situation and it's not the same and I can't really teach people those nuances. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and you know, it's funny. I was just thinking, I hear people, they, when they're on a budget, like we mm -hmm. can give the recommendation and fee finder. I think it's fine. Fine. They reached out to me too. Their stuff is solid. They've got yeah. one that's like, um, it was 60 bucks. I think it's the K six, seven, eight. And the, that the one thing, that lights up. Do, uh, I don't know if it lights up. It's black. It's like matte black, but it's like, uh, it's compared to the Yeti. And I've used Yetis well, before one, yeah, yeah. and they're okay. Dude, this thing is like a tank, like and their quality is mm -hmm. solid. But like you said, with phones and things like that, like once again, use what you have. That's why I'm using Zoom and I just keep it super simple. I was going to start with, I started using, I dabbled in StreamYard a little bit because I was like, oh, mm -hmm. I want to, I don't want to have to edit, but then there's some internet issues. I don't know. But then it's like, People, and I see people hate on Zoom all the time, but it's like, I feel like, especially with podcasters, a lot of them don't get past episode 10. So to make an investment that's ridiculous, like just use kind of basic stuff and mm -hmm. then just start to kind of crank it up a little bit. But which leads to my question, which I don't hear a lot of people talking about is, do you have any like money saving tips? Because like people... Like I said, they, they're on a budget, but it's like, oh, it must be nice to have, you know, your sure SM7B with your super, <laughs> with your cloud lifter and the Roadcaster Pro, which is at the end of the day, probably like $1,200 setup, plus the soundproofing. It's like, I don't have the money for that right now. Like, what can I do to maybe save some money? Well, one thing, if you use G Suite, which a lot of people use G Suite for their for their email and stuff. Um, if you use company email, so like I have my personal company.com uh, as my email and that's all through Google. Mm -hmm. You actually get what's called Google Meet, which is basically a Zoom clone included mm -hmm. in that price. Nice. So I'm paying $50 a month for my whole team and we have email, we have uh, Google Drive storage, but I also get Google Meet so I don't have to pay that Zoom cost. Uh, and I can do the same thing. I can record, I can uh, you know do everything it can do. So that's one way you can save money if you're a G Suite user. Um, and then also just not feeling like you have to have the, the, the best tech in order. Like it's, it, it is hard. There are some people that are so afraid to put themselves out there. If they don't look anything other than like CNN or Fox or whatever, they want to just come out of the gate swinging. Like I, nobody's going to take me seriously if I don't look that good. And that is not true. I have seen some of the biggest streamers in the world sit there and with a webcam shooting up their face. Um, and people don't care. It's the content that matters. It's what you're saying. It's what you're doing. You can build an audience no matter what. But what you can do is you can start off with the crappy streams, like I said, and work your way up and bring the audience along in that journey. Hey, 
I'm creating content next week. I might be getting a new camera. Uh, so then quality might improve and talk about that. And people are going to be like, oh, that's cool. Quality is improving. And that's actually something you can actually start asking for donations on. Hey, you guys, I need to upgrade my computer. I've been streaming for a couple of months now, you know, and um, so I'm, I'm trying. I got this goal. If you could donate and people will help with that journey, they really will, because they want to be part of that process of that growing. But what people need to do is get out of your head. Stop thinking that you have to come out of the gates looking like broad, like, like broadcast quality studio. Yeah. And just get it out there. Start using your phone. If you have an old camera or something that might work, you can use that as well. Yes. The Rodecaster Pro 2 and all that stuff is great to have. Um, and, and, but I could go and buy a dongle for this phone that has two inputs and put two lapel mics in it and even hold them up or put them on my shirt and go do interviews at a conference and get really good audio because having the lapel mics is going to keep it quieter with people walking around. And that's going to be like, 30 bucks. The dongle's a little, I think the dongle might be 29 bucks. So you might be looking at 50 bucks, but 50 bucks versus what, he, what, what Thomas was saying with the roadcaster, the microphone, like a thousand dollars to just get you out there and creating content. Yeah. And it, it comes I feel like there may be even a bigger issue with that is like, cause it's just like, just create, right? Like just, to, you know, Sean Cannell says just hit record, which yep. I'm so frustrated. I had that saying way before he did it. I used to <laughs> say it all the time that he started saying, I was like, damn it. He's got, he's, but see that. And that's the thing I got tired too, of like, I had all these great ideas and then I kept, and when I would see them and then they take off, I just beat myself up. I was like, I waited too long. And that's mm -hmm. what I fear about for some people and not creating. But I also think, like you said, it like adds to the story because I've gotten it before. Where it's like, well, it's easy for you to say, like, look at your setup. You've got a $3,000 camera. Da, da, da. It's like, I collected that over the year. It's not like <laughs> I just like went out, but it's like, first of all, the only reason I have that camera is because I was shooting high-end weddings for ridiculous amounts of money. So like I had to have it and then it's like, mm -hmm. well, I just have it sitting around now. <laughs> so like- I wish I could show people my first videos because my first videos were literally shot with my phone a, a moto x and i would just hold the phone up and make my videos like i did not care about the quality and they're bad but people watched them because they were getting training i was talking about about things they wanted to know this wasn't streaming these were recorded videos mm -hmm. but again it's it's like you have this there's a huge misconception that people aren't going to watch you it's, it's what i always say is like you can have bad video as long as your audio is good, but you can't have great video if your audio is bad. So like what I would focus on first is audio. And I always tell people, buy a decent microphone first. And like I said, the the five, what'd you say it was fine, fine? I, I think it's fine, fine. Yeah, because when they yeah. reached out to me, I was a little skeptical because I'm sure you've gotten to a level where you just get bombarded with all this like overseas, like- yes questionable stuff. I, I, yes, I was skeptical about that company at first as well. Yeah. But dude, I like even say in the video, like the box is great. And I was like, how do you mm -hmm. pronounce this? And it's fine. I think it's fine. Fine. It's been a while, but the boxing was great. The quality was great. I was shocked on how yeah. good it was. Well, and that's what I'm saying. $20 and, and it's microphone plugs right into your phone. You just get a dongle, plug it in USB and you have podcast quality audio right into your phone. So, and, and that would help you record videos. You could set up a shot just like, just like Thomas has right now, set it up, put the phone on a tripod, plug the mic in, put the mic in front of your face like this. And you've got this shot right here that you're seeing. And, yep. and even with an iPhone in cinematic mode, 
I could record this and have the blurred background. And all you got to do is just put some colorful stuff behind you, sit in front of, if you don't have light, sit in front of a window that doesn't have direct sunlight in it. And maybe try to put like, if you have shears or something, or if it's a rainy, cloudy day, that's a perfect day that's to sit the in best. front of a, a window. Yeah. yeah. That's like beauty lighting right there. But yeah. you can go, what I did when I first started, I went to Home Depot, bought a day, couple of daylight LED lights and those $7 cans yeah. that you, that you clip on the wall and yeah. I clipped those on the ceiling. And those were my lights cost me like 20 bucks. Yeah. And, uh, uh, it was also probably a little fire hazard at the same time. Well, no, cause the LED lights aren't Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. thinking, I was thinking the ones that are like that, those crappy, like, uh, it looks like a dish, like this silver dish and it has the bulb and they get really hot. Like yeah. a lot of filmmakers Don't use the bulbs see. that come with those, yeah. <laughs> take them out and put daylight LEDs and you're, and you're good to go. And that's the thing. Like if you just allow yourself to just start creating content, you'll figure that stuff out. Just don't let it stop you. Cause so many people I've seen so many people like start late and then they'll have something take off and they, and they just kick themselves. I wish I would have done this sooner. I wish I would have done this sooner. I hear that all the time. And it's, it's kind of frustrating for me because it's some people that I was telling three years ago, they were saying, I'm going to, I got to put paneling up. I got to buy this set of pens because I got to have pens. And you know what I mean? Like every excuse they could think of to not start making content, they would do it. You know, I, you, I used to do that. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I, I used to do that too. When I was getting into business, I thought, well, I got to have file cabinets because I'm going to be filing this stuff. I need to have, you know, folders for the paperwork and all this stuff. It's like, I just kept telling myself I had to have these things in order to be successful. And then you realize I don't even use this stuff. <laughs> so it's like, I, I was all bent out of shape about it for nothing. So it's like, you don't have to do that. Don't go down that rabbit hole. And what do you think the real reason is though, in your professional opinion of why people don't start? It's just, the, it's a fear of putting yourself out there. It's a fear of rejection. At the end of the day, it's 100% about rejection, whether the people are going to reject the quality, reject what you, and I think it boils down to more what you have to say, because I think a lot of people say, people think that people are going to take them more seriously if they come out of the gate looking like this. Like, I won't have to be as articulate. I won't have to like say as much. Uh, and I'll be taken a little bit more seriously if I look like I have a million dollar studio. That is not true. Not true at all. Because the content, what you're putting out there is the most important thing. That's why podcasts are so popular. You know, you listen to podcasts, audio quality. Like I said, you can get podcast audio quality right from this phone. People don't even see anything in there. They're just listening to the content. You add a video to it and then you're going to double the exposure. So I think, I, I just think it's the fear of rejection, honestly. Yeah. And I think there's like analysis paralysis or what's the other mm -hmm. one? The, um, uh, the, not the fear of judgment. What is it? The imposter syndrome. Is what, yeah. That's and, a huge one too. Yeah. And it's just amazing. And I'm guilty of the same thing. Like, you know, I mean, I have a broadcasting background and it's taken me a while to like kind of narrow down like my niche, niche, what niche, niche, whatever. But <laughs> it's, it's tough, man. Like it can yeah. really hold, but it's one of those things where it's just like, you got to jump. You just got to jump into the deep end. And like Roberto says, like, it is going to be bad. And the good thing mm -hmm. is though, no, like I always tell my students this too, is like, respectfully, no one's watching. Yeah. Like, no, and that's no the thing. One... You're building an audience. So that's the perfect time to practice because you're not getting views. And if you are, you're getting two or three views. I, so the way, so I have a thing called commit, create, connect. The first thing you do is commit, commit to creating content, commit to yourself. And this is the hardest phase because it's hard to keep a commitment to yourself. So when you commit to yourself, you're working your butt off to get to the connect. So you commit 
and you start creating, you start creating on a consistent schedule. That's very important. So if you're going to create, you know, two videos a week, do it at the same time every week, get yourself into a habit, put it out at the same time every week, um, whether it's recorded or live. So anytime I put videos out, we go live at one o'clock PM. So anytime I upload, I release it at one o'clock PM. If I can, I try to do it at the same time because your audience is building a habit around your content. So then I do that part, but then I get to the connect. And what the connect is, is when you start to get audience members that are connecting with your content, they start responding. And then that's where your commitment, when you first commit, starts to make more sense because now you're committed to them, the, the connections. So until you're committed to the connections, it's easy to quit on yourself. It's easy to stop creating content because you're not going to see any views. But once you start getting those connections, they're going to hold you accountable because if they like your content and you and you stop for a second, they're going to be like, hey, where's the content you've been putting out? And they're, oh, I'm sorry. And you start to build those relationships and those connections become very important. And those connections can stay with you. I have some viewers that have been with me for 10 years because they're connected, right? So commit, create, connect, commit to yourself, get out there, start creating the content. Okay. The next one is content. Do it on a, a consistent schedule uh, and, and really, really, really be adamant about keeping the same schedule because it gets, and do it on your time. Don't try to figure out when's the best time to upload. When is the audience there? Do it on what time works for you. Because if you try to do it on somebody else's time, it gets in, it becomes inconvenient. And what you're trying to do is re remove any barrier of entry to keep you from creating content. And if it goes up again, like if you have to pick the kids up at three and you're trying to record content at two, but you're having tech issues, then you're rushing around. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. You don't want that. You want to do it at a time when you can set a time aside, you go in there, you record your content, and then you get it edited, you get it scheduled and you schedule it for the same time every single time you put it out, whether that's once a week, whether that's once a month, whether that's twice a month, whatever that is, commit to that schedule and then work your butt off to get to that first connection because that first connection is going to make you realize why you do it and why you've been working your butt off all this time. And then what happens is then you get two, then you get five, then you get 20, then you get a hundred. And at some point, like when we hit on our channel, we hit around half a million. Once we hit half a million subs, it just started taking out and taking off and within the past. So it took us a year and a half to get to that. It took us three months to get to 1.3 million. So Crazy. at some point you reach that tipping point where it just starts growing exponentially, exponentially. But those, those first 25 to 50 people are the ones you're always going to remember because they kept you committed through the time when you were, when, when the commitment part was the hardest part. Yeah. And, and I keep forgetting to say, uh, say it, but it's like your story too. Cause like, once you get to a certain point, then no one can be like, Oh, it's easy for you. Cause you've got all this gear and this lighting and you're professional. And it's like, dude, scroll to the very, very bottom of the page. And you're just like, Ooh, like even, um, I was experimenting with, uh, what I call podcast interview breakdowns. And what I basically do is I call them like educational reaction videos. So I'll take popular trending podcast interviews and just stop and go and react to them. It's like, oh, this is what I would have asked. Like this is, you know, these are follow-up questions. This is like the power of why all the stuff I kind of talk about in my programs and everything. But it's like I, the other day I just scrolled down just by like the titles and thumbnails alone. You just see like the progress. And now it's like, I've got the titles that have under, what is it, 50, 60 what, or 59 keywords. And it's like, okay, I've got the thumbnail that works for me. And it's just like, 
and I'm sure at some point it'll keep evolving, but it's just, yeah, I mean, it's crazy to see yourself and for others when they see, like I said, when you finally pop, they can see where you kind of came from. Right. Well, and another thing too, is as you start to grow, like as I grew to a, to a certain point, I was like, okay, what are the things that I don't like about content creation? And I hired people to do those things like editing. I hired editors. I hired a thumbnail, thumbnail maker, and this is all over time. So it's like, you got to do all of it at first, but then at a certain point you get to where you can start offloading that. And, and you can start offloading it fairly soon because you can go to a Fiverr and for like 25, 50 bucks, get a pretty decent thumbnail. So, you know, that's something you could pass off pretty much right away if you start making a little bit of income. And I always tell people too, like people are like, oh, you have to go through all these things to get monetized on YouTube. It's like 4,000 watch hours, a thousand subs. Like that's a, that's a lot. And it is. But I tell people, don't wait for YouTube. Don't wait for Facebook. Don't wait for them to monetize you. Go use something like buy me a coffee or Patreon or something and monetize yourself from the beginning. And then look at YouTube and stuff as supplemental because some of the topics, so our show is called Redacted on uh, YouTube. We've nice. been suspended like four times. <laughs> so we were actually You're doing one something point at, right. <laughs> yeah. We were at one point at the risk of losing our channel. And this is a considerable amount of income. Like it, it, this, it's, it's a quite a, like I. It's a chunk of change. It is, yeah. But it's a chunk of change and we can't afford to lose it because the whole team would be gone. So, you know, that that's an, another thing to consider as well as like the type of content that you're doing. Like that's a, that's a whole nother conversation, but you just, you just want to be careful with that stuff. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's YouTube is just a, it's a funny, <laughs> funny, funny place. <laughs> it, is. Uh, it is. But, but again, like I was going to say, like this right here, there are people that have million subscriber YouTube channels with this million yeah. subs with a phone. So just, just drop all the excuses, drop everything and just start putting out content. And you don't even have to know what your content is going to be right away. Just see if you're going to be like being on camera. And that's another thing. A lot of people will go out and buy all this equipment and they'll make a few videos and be like, that's eh, not nah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you just wasted all that money. You could have just a, used your phone. It's an expensive hobby is what I say. Yeah. Also, yeah, when people it's like talk about monetization, I was like, my thing is it's like, it's called YouTube AdSense for a reason. The key word is <laughs> sense. Like yeah. depending on which niche you're in, like unless you're talking about like business or maybe even entrepreneur, like you're, it, it's, it's nothing like in the grand scheme of things. Cause I feel like there's just this whole mindset thing. Cause once you start creating content for you, it's like, okay, well, this is great and all, but I'm putting in all this work and now I'm not really making any money. It's like, okay. And I feel like people just like gravitate to like affiliate marketing. Let's just say mm -hmm. it's like, okay, you start making a little bit of money and then it's like, you know, do I go the course route? Do I go the Patreon route? Like you just got to figure out a way to, and I mean, there's so many videos on how to make money on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm just curious and I've heard just about them all, but with, I know you have experience podcasting as well. Um, what would you say are like key ways to monetize podcasts? Cause I know a huge misconception is people think you make money podcasting and I'm like, <laughs> and I see when people advertise, they're like, I made six figures on my podcast. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, like, dude, where? Like, I just, I don't know. I think it's a huge misconception that because they sell like celebrities and influencer now have their podcasts and stuff and they think they're just rolling in the cheese. But I don't, I think that's a huge misconception. 
No, you actually can. And, and, and it, will, it will come out of sponsors. Now, what I don't like, so I have a friend who, who started a podcast and what a lot of people do mm-hmm. is they'll use like Anchor, they'll use like Libsyn or whatever. And then they'll be like, oh, they're letting me run ads on my podcast. So they'll put a free roll ad and a post roll ad on a podcast that's just trying to gain viewers or listeners. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the worst things you can do because you're going to make nothing dollars a month, yeah. you know, maybe. <laughs> and you're putting your viewer, your listener, your first time listener through that, through that uh, experience. And that's not a good experience. I don't want to go for the first time to hear a podcast. And all of a sudden I've got a 30 second pre-roll ad about drugs that I'm not never going to take about depression or whatever. And yeah. It's like, I'm out of there, right? I'm not going to sit through that. So you have to think when you're first getting started, what you want to do is just make the barrier of entry for your for your listener as little as possible. Get right to the meat. And if you if you're doing it video and podcast, so if you're doing videos on YouTube as well, you really have to have a strategy on YouTube to where you're solving a problem. It's like I have a problem, you're solving it. If there is a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Let's yeah. check out my hook on my DJ revolves. So. You want to have a, a problem solution uh, relationship with people at first. You have to have that strategy. So if you're somebody who's just going to podcast, you don't have to do that so much. But if you're planning on doing YouTube and podcasting together in order to grow that, you have to think strategically like that and think, okay, how can I make this podcast so that I'm solving a problem? Um, you know, and and try to think that way. But what happens is as your audience grows and you start to get a considerable audience. You know, like my friends getting like 5,000 or, or so view, uh, downloads a month now. So what happens is sponsors will start reaching out to you because they want to get in front of your audience. And when you get those sponsors, like they'll definitely pay to be in front of your audience. And so you don't have to use those, the ones for anchor and all that, that don't pay anything and just makes it inconvenience. And you'll get to where you're doing ad reads yourself. Hey, this, this uh, podcast, Hey, you guys, thanks for showing up. Uh, we're going to be talking about this today and just want to let you know really quick, this podcast is uh, sponsored by hello fresh. Uh, and we'll talk about that later in the show and then just get into the show. And then at some point you talk about hello fresh, you do your thing. Um, and depending on your viewers, I mean, they'll pay like five, $10,000 per, per, per run, uh, yeah. just depending on your audience. So, so if you've got, a, if, if you're Joe Rogan, he's probably making 30, $40,000 an ad and he runs like six of them per show. God, I would love to just cry. I know Mr. Beast, who's a popular YouTuber. I'm actually shocked he doesn't have a podcast yet because that's just like the popular thing now. But mm-hmm. I would just be saying he's been pretty open about his like financial situation. Like he was on a podcast with Colin and Samir. I can't. I think that's just the Colin and Samir show. But they actually got to see his financials, and they were just like, oh, <laughs> you know, like how much he is spending. But like, rogue. I don't know why. I would love to see the same with Rogan, just to, yeah. just to see that money. Because the thing I love about Rogan, and I talk about this all the time, and I kick myself all the time, I saw the video one time on Facebook, is he started his podcast when he was 43 years old, when podcasting wasn't podcasting. I don't even know what it was called. And he just started it because vlogging, all his I friends were- called it. They what? I think they initially called it vlogging. It was Pod- like, but was it? Well, it was like video and audio, but a lot of people just took the audio huh. out. Yeah, I just said because I didn't even remember. I know these podcasters have been around for a while. They're just like mm-hmm. it was before podcasting was a thing, and they were just right. doing it. But I mean, he started at forty three. He didn't get that hundred million dollar deal until ten years later at fifty three. 
So just like perspective is just like, whoa. but then you follow and you're just like, oh my gosh, a hundred million dollars. That's a lot. But if you watch Rogan's, like he's got his cronies, right? He's got his crew of co comics and I sit, you know, I'll sit there and watch clips and stuff. And I saw this one with Brendan Schaub and he's like, bro, he didn't make no hundred million. It was more. And I was like, it was 200. Oh, <laughs> holy crap, dude. It's like, it's like, do you just say, like, at what point do you just, you call your CPA? Do you look at your bank account? It's just like all those zeros. I don't, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I've got to configure a question of like, when you finally hit that term, that just that pit, that peak of success to where it's that much money. Cause you know, whether well, it's also what happens is as you grow, your your cost per mill increases so like where when we were uh before um we hit half a million we were like seven to ten dollar cpms and that's cost per thousand views that we would get from adsense mm -hmm. once we reached over the million part the, between seven hundred fifty thousand and where we are now that jumped to almost oh, to almost twenty dollars so when like because these advertisers are wanting to get in front of these very large audiences so they pay more to get there so then you get, you know, we get 70% of that revenue. YouTube keeps 30. Yeah. And, you know, you know, I always find it funny too, when it comes to like brand deals is like, I know people love to take the free stuff, but then you get to a point where it's like, well, yeah, you're going to send it to me for free, but here's my creator fee. Cause I'm writing, shooting, editing, promoting, like, and that's a whole thing too. And I think there's a couple lawyers on YouTube who talk about this. And I think it's not, it's not Sean Cannell. It's his other, his other buddy. I think you, didn't you build a studio for him NG too? Travis? Yeah. He talked about how like, they don't do anything less for like a hundred grand. Like there's mm -hmm. lawyers involved. Like there's no like, oh, we're going to give you a thousand dollars to give us a shout out. It's like, nah, like brand deals. Once you get to a certain level, I don't think people realize that it's like, there's big money, but you have well, I, to have a I lawyer. Had, get to, yeah. I just had a conversation with Clayton this last week because there was an advertiser that's saying, we want you to read this script exactly. And, and so we were like writing it and getting ready. I was like, why are we doing this? We, we have 35 to 40,000 live viewers on our live show every day. Why are we letting them tell us what we're going to do? Like, no, we're going to, this is what you're going to get. And that's it. You know, like we, we're at a point where we don't have to do what they want us to do anymore because there, there are some, I've seen some people sell their soul for a $20 microphone because it was free. Like I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk positive about this microphone, even though it's junk because they sent it to me for free because they, because they want to get more free stuff, you know, and that's one of the worst things you can do because once you start to see the money, it is easy to want to sell out um, to make more of that money, but you got to, your integrity has to stay in place because these advertisers, they will take advantage of you. There are people that will say, I'll send you free stuff, but it has to be positive. You can't say anything negative. And, and if you agree to that, and it'll be like a, you know, a, a Samsung TV or something, something crazy. Like it wouldn't yeah. be that, but like maybe a big camera and you're like, Ooh, man, that camera would change my production level like 10 times. And that's a thousand dollar camera. Okay. Soul sold. Yeah. And it's, and it's tough. It really is because we it put is. in so much blood, sweat and tears, like, mm -hmm. and there's just zero return for so long. So it's easy to fall in that trap. And my favorite is, Hey, so we'll send it to you for free, but we're going to, you have to buy it and then we'll reimburse you and send it mm -hmm. to you for free. And I'm just like, yep. 
this is this is like I feel like a backdoor deal. Like, like this well, and is- I and I completely changed the way that I did it because we the, you used to get some things from companies where you had to get it, you'd review it, then you'd send it back. But then I made a clause like, look, if you want us to do it, I'm not promising you a review, not promising it's going to be positive, and you're not getting it back. If you agree to that, we'll look at it. Interesting, dude. I crit. That's the thing. Like, yeah, like money's one thing, but to have that type of leverage and Gary V talks about that all the time is just, huh, just crave it. Cause dude, even when I was in broadcasting or even, you know, when I moved back home and started my own business and, you know, I got a talent agent while I was out here cause I was doing it in LA for hosting and commercial work, man. Like it's, oh, like you, I just feel like you, I felt like a puppet. Like dance, yeah. like dance, you know, dance, dance monkey. monkey. Yeah. Like this, it's awful. It's the worst feeling ever. So like to take control like that and to have that type of leverage, it's like, no, I'm going to do this. And this is how much you're going to pay me. No. Well, okay. Well then kick rocks or like come back when you have the budget. Cause some well, of these use bu- that leverage yeah. at the beginning, the thing is like, you can have that leverage from the beginning and set that precedent. And that's what you want to do. The cool thing about today is these brands are looking more at macro communities. They don't get as much brand loyalty and stuff out of the influencers. It's like the influencers just say it, their their audience isn't looking for cameras and stuff, but they'll say this and it's like, yeah, they might get a percentage. But when you have these macro communities, like a community of live streamers, and you know all these people like cameras, that's a good investment to get into for a camera company because it's like you've got a dedicated audience that loves that stuff. Instead of trying to just blanket throw some product out to these influencers that have millions of views that they don't have a demographic of what those people are even looking like. They might buy T-shirts. They might buy stuff like that, but like something specific. So these companies are looking at macro communities now. So it's it's a lot easier to get better deals from macro communities, which is not a, like you, you don't even have to have. I know people that are making enough money with a 10,000 subscriber YouTube channel to do it full time with 10,000 subs. Mm. They just have set it up and had that from the beginning, that that leverage that they you took, took advantage of. And they just have really solid audiences. They're just very, very loyal to their audience and their audiences are very loyal to them. And the thing I always say is the more vulnerable you are with the audience, the more vulnerable they'll be with you, the more open, the more honest, the more real, the more value you give them, the more of all of that they'll give to you. If you're just doing this for yourself and you're just doing this for the money and you're not focused on your audience, you will not succeed. You know, you might get lucky and get a lot of views or something, but you're not going to, what you want to do is create those 1000 super fans. There is so much truth to that. If you can do that, you got 1000 super fans that pay you money. You you'll be fine. I mean, think about a thousand people paying you six bucks a month. Yeah. Or I was going to say 10, but, but what is it that, what is the math on that? It's like, if you could, if you could have a thousand super fans pay you a what is it a hundred dollars a year? Mm-hmm. Is that is that a hundred grand? I'm terrible with math. That's like a hundred grand. Yeah. So that it's like, but I, I'm just trying to think. How long would you say it takes? I know everyone's different, but in your professional opinion, like how long does it take to for people to get to that level where they are making like something that is full time? So in, in the way that I talk, I had, I have a thing called, I don't do it anymore. I've, I've taken it down, but it was called creator toolkit. And what I teach people is do it in six month chunks. So start with the commit, create, connect, start cre- creating, commit, and then start creating and do that for six months. After that six months, kind of look where you are, look at your titles. Are you growing? Are you happy with what you're doing? Is it fitting your schedule? Everything. And then it's like, okay, I need to adjust a few things, adjust those things, and then go another six months. 
And then after that, do it again, look and see, is your audience growing? Are you doing these things? Are you solving problems? Just ask yourself these specific questions. And then another six months, because it can take about 24 months before you start to see any kind of growth that it's like, I, I, I blogged for five years before I got my first comments, five years I was blogging and I would get, I could see that I was getting some traffic, but they weren't committed enough to comment. They were reading stuff, but they weren't commenting. When I got my first comment, I was like, okay, here we go. And then all of a sudden I just kept going. And then that year I started getting more and more. And then, then my blog started to get more traffic, more comments. And then I launched a book. And when I wrote, it's called the social media web. And when I launched this book, I sold 750 copies in a weekend at $39. And I was like, okay, I can make money at yeah. this. And that was my motivation to just like, okay, I'm going. When so you it's like, you just have to get to that point though. And most people want to stop. They'll get to a, like, you'll do your first six months and you're like, I'm, I'm still doing this to nobody. I can't do this. And it's the people that are like, you know what, this is what I want to do. You have to want to do this. You have to be passionate about it because if you're not, you're, 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 like I said, the commitment to yourself is the hardest part to maintain because you're committed to only yourself and, and what you want to get out of that commitment. It's easy to walk away from yourself. And that's why I say like, keep doing it until you make that first connection. Cause one audience member, one connection of somebody that you didn't know that takes value in your, in your content and they get something out of it. That's going to motivate you. Like, okay, if one person likes it, then more people will like it. And I always use this as an example. There is a Facebook group that has, I believe 20 or 30,000 people in it that wear diapers and suck pacifiers. So if those people can find an audience of 20,000, Anyone can find an audience for something. So you're, you'll find an audience. Don't think that you won't. It's so funny you say that. I, I use sort of a- You're in that I, group, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Secrets out. <laughs> no, but no, I. it's so funny you say that because I use the reference of, um, I don't know what, I think it was, I, I stumbled upon a YouTube channel that was like, that I had 100,000 subs and I looked into it and it, all it talked about was IBS. Uh -huh. So this person <laughs> talks about shit and has a hundred thousand. And then it's just, once again, it's like that perspective, <laughs> that perspective shit, that perspective shift. And it's just like, you can do this. And like you said, it, I, yeah. and whether it's content, I wholeheartedly, and I'm still learning as a business owner, like disciplining yourself is mm -hmm. Argue, I would argue my big, that is my biggest struggle is to, cause you yep. just, and that's why, yeah, I, that's why I talk about like, when you make the commitment, like when you're creating your, your content, doing it on a set schedule so that, you know, this time and this day is dedicated to you doing this and you form a habit around it. You know, once you form a habit around it and you, and you, and, and then once you get to those connections, you feel like you're letting them down. If you don't get that content out at that time, because they they're waiting for it. It's like, you know, it's, it's almost like you're, you're giving them their next assignment or whatever. And they're just like waiting to hear it. And if you don't give it to them, they're going to be upset, but it's like, it is hard to get to that point because there's so many reasons why we, we quit, why we give up on so ourselves. Many. Yeah. And it's like, you just have to work, like, just keep going, do whatever you have to do. And I have a group in telegram that I have set up for people to come in. And like, if you get that way, come in here and tell us like, what's up, let's, let's keep you going. Let's keep you motivated, get in there and like, tell us what's going on. And maybe we can help you because it will happen. You'll, and you'll try to make every excuse in the book. Oh, the family's coming over this weekend. I know I got time to record my videos, but I got to clean the house and you know, blah, 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 whatever the, all the excuses that you have. It's like, no, 
get in there if you really want to do this. And that's why I say, like, if you don't want to do this, if you don't take it seriously, hey, that's nope, that's not going to hurt anybody but you. Just go, just go do your own thing. But yep. if it's something you actually want to do, commit to yourself because like you're, you're, you're committing to yourself. Like if you can't commit to yourself, what can you really commit to? <laughs> yeah. You and know? it's, and it's funny you talk about the comments too. So I'm going through something right now. Cause I think I've got my messaging and everything dialed in now. I just need time. Right. So mm -hmm. I'm going to keep mm -hmm. creating, but and I know like dealing with haters is a thing. And I know some people get super butthurt about it, but I've got the thickest skin in the world. Like it's just, Same. man, but I get excited. And it's so funny because I'll get like, I'll get messages like this dude is reacting to podcast interviews, lame, or like, <laughs> uh, it's like, get your own podcast. I'm like, I always come back, I'm like, what's up, man? Like somebody yeah. talk to me. I, like I, I need feedback. Like, uh, I'm, I would be like, oh, this person comments on a, on an influencer talking about podcasts, lame. Like I, I troll the trolls. Like I, and yeah. I've turned so many of them around, like, because they Dude, don't expect it to be a real person. I know. And so they, I tell people that I'll tell, cause I feel everyone wants to be seen, heard and understood. And mm -hmm. sometimes, dude, I've had a pretty decent back and forth with this dude telling me that I was just a piece of shit and my content <laughs> sucked. But at the end of it, he's like, all right, respect, man, respect, keep doing what you're doing. And it's like, if you look at the thread, it's just like, hate. <laughs> it just, but it's just so you gotta, it's almost like, especially with guys, cause guys like raz on each other all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of how it is. And I've had a little bit of experience about like that on TikTok, like I've just won somebody over just by like acknowledging them and just trolling them back pretty harshly because I've got a mouth on me and I always say like, so do I. <laughs> he has like, no one's gonna out troll me. Like, it's just not gonna happen. And if they do, I'll be like, ooh, I was like creative. And it's just well like, now it's a challenge uh... to me. It's like, let's go, let's go. I got not, as you can see, no one else is commenting. So it's me and you. you yeah. And I, and I am, I, I love to troll the trolls. Like that's like one of my favorite things to do. And like I said, I, I, I have, there was one person that has like followed me all these years, but when we first started out, it was like, we were at each other's throat. And like, uh, I don't know if you ever seen uh Isle of dogs, you know, where they get in that cloud of smoke and it's like, they're, yeah. uh, it was, it's like that. But then all of a sudden it's like something happened. And then we started, you know, really talking and stuff. And then I ended up hiring the guy, <laughs> my, my social media manager. So that's the best. But yeah. dude, that's hilarious. It's like in high school, like there, were, I don't know if this happened to you, but there would be fights all the time in high school. And these guys would hate each other, like the build up to the fight. Then they would fight. Then we have in school, then they'd have in school suspension for three days. And then the next week, you'd see them like dabbing each other. Like, it's just one of those, like some, like it's a weird dude thing where it's like, yep. they just need to slug it out. And yep. Hey man, we actually do have a lot in common. Oh, you, you have a podcast. Yeah. Like, Oh, I have a podcast or I was thinking about starting <laughs> one. Then they start like asking you like quest coaching questions. Right. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, it's like, all right, like, let's just, let's, let's flip the script a little bit and turn it around. But it's hard for P I think some people just starting out cause they're so scared of like, people saying something mean, but I always tell people, well, it's like, if you're not getting haters, you're doing something wrong. Right. When you get your first troll, you know, you're doing something right. Mm -hmm. And I, and I always tell people too, like for those that are worried about putting themselves out there on camera, like be unapologetically you. Right. And that's what be unapologetic. And what I mean by that is 
don't apologize for the things you can't help. Don't apologize for your hair. Don't apologize for your voice. Don't apologize for your laugh. Don't say, I'm sorry, this is in the way. I'm sorry, my dog's barking, blah, blah, blah. Don't apologize for the things you can't help. Apologize for not showing up for them. Apologize for not showing up for yourself. But don't be, because I see so many people that are out there like, okay, can you guys hear me? I'm, I'm sorry, my audio is like, you know, this, that. And, they're, and the whole time they're apologizing, you're going to have people that are on there going to be like, just this, get to it. Yeah. Just, you know, quit apologizing. Like you don't have to apologize. I don't care that your outfit is like weird or whatever, you know, bro. bro I don't even apologize for not showing up sometimes. <laughs> just like, like, like whatever, like you know, I know you know one missed me. If somebody really wanted to say something, I'd apologize. Cause it's, I, I hate that saying where it's like apology. Like, what is it? If you apologize, you're like, it's like a sign of weakness or something. I never, I don't know where actually now that I say that, I don't know where I was going with that, but I don't, unless I'm like really sure. Cause I know when I offend somebody, mm -hmm. unless it's like for real, I'm not going to say it. Like, oh, I don't mind. I don't apologize for offending. That's like, <laughs> that's your problem. <laughs> yeah. If my, if I offended you, then you didn't hear me right. Or, or <laughs> you did. And you're just not my audience. Don't yeah. be afraid to lose someone as an audience member that they don't like. That's one of the worst things I see people do too, is yeah. they, they start making content and then somebody says something and they're like, oh, I guess I better not say that. No, that's not your audience. That person can just move on. You know, I, I am not out to please the world. Like I said, 1000 super fans, you don't need a million subscriber YouTube channel to be successful. So don't think you have to please everyone. I, I've been in business with people that were wanted to please everybody and you never will. When I, when I was talking to Clayton, when we were starting this political channel, he was coming from Fox News. Well, we're more in the middle now, but everybody thinks because he came from Fox, he's just hard, solid, right. And, and he's like, I'm, I'm pissing people off. I was like, well, look, you can either piss people off doing what you don't want to do, or you can piss them off doing what you want to do. I'm going to piss them off doing exactly what I want to do. And, and I, and not worry about pissing them off because you're going to piss people off either way. It's actually part of my deeper purpose because I know like the divide in this country is so ridiculous. And I think oh, I've seen crazy. a couple of your posts and I'm just like, oh my God, like, well, how did we get here? But it's like, it's, it's just weird because like, once again, part of my deeper purpose is to show people like how to really dig for the truth because people just use Google, but there's like 10 search engines out there. And it's like, you've got to follow up with like, what they're saying or it's like like here in atlanta right they didn't make a big deal that we had i can't remember what it's called but it's like a version of like stonehenge in mm -hmm. atlanta right and it mm -hmm. exploded out of nowhere in the middle of nowhere my news brain kicks on it's like well election time's coming something's off and it's like they like glazed over it like nothing happened and i was like Okay, if somebody's somebody could start a podcast on just this alone and go interview everybody in that dink town that it's in and try to really figure it out and get the story that they're not putting on the news, like being in news, mm -hmm. everything was fine until about 2016. And then that's when things shifted. And I don't give a shit whose side is on what. Dude, the journalistic integrity just makes me sick. Same. Like, I, I mean, this is a whole different like spinoff and I really don't want to get into it, but like the whole Epstein thing, right? They sat on the news station, sat on that story for three years mm -hmm. and didn't say a word. And the only reason that it got exposed is because somebody leaked the footage of off air anchor being like, we need to figure this out. Like, holy smokes. Like, but it's not just that. That's not even the tip. Oh, it's that's everything. Dude, that's 
any story and what people don't understand with the news is as a reporter, first of all, we get paid garbage, like minimum wage. Like a lot of those newscasters aren't making jack crap and the talking heads are making the money, but they're not mm -hmm. out in the field. No, so they're reading prompters. They're reading prompters from producers. They're making the money, but it's like you said, if somebody wanted to start a podcast on literally any conspiracy theory you want, like I think somebody should start podcasts on the right and the left and then just go after these politicians, start with the money and just work your way down because I'm mm -hmm. telling you, you start digging and you just i mean the lies are already out there but like the do with news you only have a specific time like i would get to the station at like nine in the morning and whatever i had to do i had to gather my facts for the five and the ten like that's not even a whole time and like for the more serious story like it's it's quick so you don't have time and this is for like in like little stuff like oh there was a car accident or oh there was a fire right. but it's like true new like the political stuff, like the money stuff, the anything political requires some serious investigation, some serious fact checking, but it can get dangerous too. Cause if you go down certain rabbit holes, mm -hmm. like those people, well, that, you uncover stuff. That's I like, mean, yeah. So with our show that we're doing now, we're at a point now where we're actually like, we just sent our own journalists down to Haiti to tell us what's going on because we're not getting the full story. So we're, we're at a yeah. point now where we're sending journalists to these areas where they're saying, Oh, this is what's happening. Like we don't see that that's what's happening. Let's send somebody there, yep. you know, and, and we're getting information like, no, that is not what's happening. So it's like you, you hear the media in the West and you hear the media in the East and it's com two completely different narratives. Yep. And so it's like, you know, as a, as a U.S. citizen, it's hard to find that you can't find it on Google. You can't find it on certain search platforms. You're not going to find a lot of information on YouTube because they censor it all. So yep. it is really hard. You have to be your own investigative journalist these yep. days. And you do, you see these, I always say, I always think to myself when I see these girls on TikTok who there's one girl now who will like find out where you live by just <laughs> commenting. It's insane. I was like, Oh my God, she'd be a great investigative journalist or like mm -hmm. reporter it's like people don't understand it's really i swear it is the easiest job there is you just need to know who what when where why and how that well, is it <laughs> i have seen so many podcasts like if you guys are wanting some ideas i've seen so many people start podcasts when a new show starts like let's say yeah the crown. let's say the crown starts you start covering that show every episode and tearing it apart and doing that stuff like i don't know if you know who cliff ravenscraft is um, I, I don't, but I know what you're talking Like there was a guy doing that for like the walking dead, any type of yeah. like after show or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, there's a guy that does a, a, a podcast all about Disney parks. Yeah. Uh, and he makes a killing doing that. I so, would let's see. Like, and I have a million questions for that guy. Cause that's so niche, mm -hmm. you know? And it's just like, well, the cool thing is like, he, he was doing it and then all of a sudden Disney is having him come to Disney and do stuff. Like he now has a relationship with Disney for his podcast because yeah. and only because he was passionate about Disney. Yeah. And that's the thing with me, like this whole, I call them podcast interview breakdowns. Like it's my goal to get these bigger people, like bigger, not so much celebrities anymore. I'm talking about mm -hmm. like people who provide actual value and it's just so funny how everything I used to be all of it. Cause I used to be an entertainment reporter. I've interviewed celebrities my entire life and to go like, it's just when you see, 
I, I don't know. There's just so many, I'm more fascinated about creatives and their process. Like there was, I mean, there's, there's a hockey guy out there who does these cool trick shots that I've just never seen in my life. And it's just like, there's so, there's a, a girl who d like has over a million followers jump roping. Like these people have serious <laughs> talent and they're like in Podunk, Kansas. And it's just like, God, I want to talk. I have so many questions for these people. It's like, cause I never had a God given talent. I can't dance. I can't sing. I can't act my memory shot, but you put me in a room with somebody, anybody, like I'll talk their ear off. Like, mm -hmm. well, and, that's, and that's what I tell people. Like if you want to start a podcast or a YouTube channel, find the topic that everybody tells you to shut up about Yeah, that you can't, but everybody tells you to that, like, that's the perfect. I, it was funny. Cause I was consulting a financial advisor and he's like trying to figure out how he's going to do a live stream about that stuff. And I was like, I mean, you know, it's just your personality. You can make it fun or whatever. And he was talking about how he he's like, well, I got to go do something. I'm going to, to shoot my my pictures of my miniatures. And I go, pictures of miniatures, what are you talking about? He's like, well, I take these miniatures like Star Wars figures and stuff and I photograph them in different, I create scenes or whatever. And I was like, can I see some of the pictures? He showed me the pictures. I was like, that's your content right there. Screw financial advising. Just, just because you have a job or just because you have a knowledge doesn't mean that that's what you should do it on. Most people, if you do it on your hobby, that's something you're more passionate about. And it's something more people actually get into. Like, like he could have done the financial advising thing, but then yeah. he, he went with the, the, the doing the thing and, and doing the pictures and he did it on Instagram. Now he's like got a ton of followers on Instagram is doing really good. And it's like, he had, he just had no idea. He's like, people would probably think that's stupid. Like, like he's a kid or something. Yeah. Well, people and, are going to be like, what's this guy doing playing with miniatures? Like who cares? Bro, Screw those people. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I, I know way too much about saved by the bell. So it's like, <laughs> I could easily do a podcast on that, but it's like, I'm not, I don't know, dude. I have just been like with these interview breakdowns that I do, like, I don't care if people say they suck. And like, I know enough about SEO to catch like the trending views and like how to get on the tail end of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I don't know. I'm such, I'm just like an interview nerd. Like I could sit there and watch. Like, I remember I'll sit there like on a Friday night, everyone else is going out and I sat and watched like a Joe Rogan podcast mm -hmm. or like uh, one of their, one of his commute, anything like yeah, just no, I watched, I'll do the same thing. I, I was on a road trip. I listened to a five hour podcast of Joe with Peter McAuliffe, like five hours, just straight through. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know, man. Like can it, and honestly, one, I have to ask a selfish question. Do you think, what do you think of that? Of like, cause for me, Pat, cause I love interviews and I'm reviewing these interviews. Do you think I should just keep tripling down on that? Cause I'm providing value and reacting mm -hmm. to it, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. Like some people well, like, I don't know. My question to you would be, how are you titling them? Pot, well, like so, what problem are you solving with them? So I'm just titling podcaster reacts to Joe Rogan or um, podcast reactor, or excuse me, podcast podcaster reacts to Shia LaBeouf on John Bernthal's podcast or something like that. And then okay. it's basically my way of showcasing my expertise without having to do a how-to video. So I would flip that around and I would use the name of the person in the beginning, Shia LaBeouf, blah, 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 podcaster reacts. And the reason is because if you're doing podcaster reacts, you've already got the text almost all the way gone off of what people are going to see in the, on their phones and stuff. So have that recognizable name with that person in the thumbnail so that when people see it, they see Shia, they see whoever it is you're talking about. 
do that. And then because podcaster reacts like, you know, that, that could be good, could be bad. I, I won't know seeing that, but if I see, Oh, it's to Shia, Shia LaBeouf or, you know, this or whatever, that's going to be something more that I would watch. So I would, I would just say reverse that a little bit, your title, put the, put the meat at the beginning and the, the fluff at the end. And then the thumbnail, like really accentuate the thumbnail to, to who that person is. Yeah. And this, so that's the thing. And that's what I was doing for just a little bit. Um, the only reason I put, so it's a tough fine line because it's like, I wanted to get like a broader audience, but mm -hmm. I almost wanted to like niche myself in the same thing, like in the same sense where people would see it. But if it says podcaster, cause I only want podcasters to watch it. So I thought I was being smart there, but then as I've noticed people that are, especially the trolls will tell you, like, it's like, why is this guy doing this? And I'm like, did you read? They didn't, they don't read, they just click. Right. So right. it's like, I don't know, but I'll definitely, I'll, I'll try it on this next one. Well, yeah, cause um, what you're, you're, because you don't, it doesn't matter if they're podcasters or not, you know, like, cause if you, if you try to connect that, like you're, you're leaving people out that might like the information regardless. Mm. Like you're just a person that it doesn't matter that you're a podcaster. That's just what you happen to be. You're yeah. just reacting to this. So, so what you're, what you want people to be attached to or attracted to is your take on it. You're wanting them to like your personality, your take on, on this issue. And, and, but you just happen to be a podcaster. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like, so even having the, the podcaster reacts, it's like, maybe you don't even need, need that, you know, like. Uh, because you're, you're, you're wasting a lot of your title with the, those words. And it's like the people that are doing most of those reactionary things, by the time they start doing them, they generally already have an audience established, right? Yeah. Because then it doesn't matter. They can say, I reacted to this. I reacted to something and it's going to do well because they've already got a huge audience. But if you're trying to grow, you really have to think like what's going to spark people, what's going to get them there to watch it initially. And, and a lot of time it can be shock value because if you're doing shocking things, make the thumbnail really shocking with the person's name. And like our titles, let me read you our titles on, on our YouTube channel. I don't know if you, if you've seen redacted or not. I haven't seen, I've seen yours, uh, the live streaming pro ones, uh, but I haven't seen the redacted ones. Okay. So these, these are our titles to our, to our content. No one should have to say this. It's insane. They are not going to get away with this. We caught them. Whoa, military whistleblowers drop bombshell. Seriously, did this just happen in Ethiopia? Like we're being vague, but our thumbnail also tells the story. So it's like, we're, like you would be like, did Shia LaBeouf really just say this? Mm -hmm. Did Edward Snowden really leak this with an with a shocking photo of Edward Snowden and and you being like, you know, like those thumb like thumbnails. People, people just do not give them enough credit. They really are a huge reason why people click on your videos. I would say it's the number one reason because you can yeah. have the best video in the world, but if your thumbnail sucks, mm -hmm. uh, I would say, because they say thumbnail then title, but as I've learned, and as you know, people aren't even headline, you know, they're headline readers or they'll just see the thumbnail and be like, oh, what's this? Click. They won't even read yeah, your the, title. The best but YouTubers will tell you, create your thumbnail first and then make your video based on that off your, like after you come up with your idea, make your thumbnail, then make your video.
Yeah. And man, we, I could keep, I could keep talking about, like yeah. I said, dude, you put me in a room and said, plus you're a talker too. So it's like, we I can am. just keep going <laughs> before we know we've got a five hour podcast going in here. <laughs> um, but dude, so my, uh, oh, we'll wrap it up with my last question is if you had to, if views, subs, Patreon members that none of that mattered, if you could create one piece of content, what would it be and why? One type or one just one video like like yeah well, we'll just for this say for one piece of video content what would it be um wow one piece of video content yeah and the, would, su- and the subs don't matter the views don't matter the pit like you're convert you know there's no call to action it's just i want to make this one video i would probably make like a peter mckinnon style vlog in just this beautiful place in the United States somewhere out in the middle of nowhere with all the 120 epic B roll and all that stuff. Like that would, I would love to be able to do something like that. I can't shoot that kind of shit. Um, I mean, I can, but it doesn't look as like Peter McKinnon level. You know what I mean? I'm like, how in the heck does you see him just going with his camera? And then all of a sudden it comes out looking and I'm like, I'm doing that. And it's like, this looks nothing like what he did. (laughs) So I would love to be able to do something like that. Like maybe like a miniature documentary esque thing where it's like, I'm going to see this thing and I'm bringing you with me. And it's like, you're in there in the action. And that's and why, probably what I would do. And like I said, and why would you do it? Why that specific? Cause that, that from what I've seen, what you just described is I haven't seen on your, on your YouTube channel. So I'm just curious nope. why that piece. Because to me, it's like what what I really love about being a content creator, and I do it in my own way, is bringing people in for an experience. And I know that I can create a talking head experience. I can create a vlog experience. I can create all these different experiences. But I've never been able to create the experience like Peter can with his stuff that where I just feel like I'm watching a movie, right? I just feel like I'm I'm in there and I'm like, I'm in it to win it. And, and, and the thing is, like, I, I can do that with a bunch of content. But for me, it's like just that, like trying to go through that process one time of what it takes to actually create like that and just put myself through that grueling thing so that I come out on the other end like, OK, that was cool. But the viewer is like, whoa, that was amazing. I just went on this journey. Yeah, so. I, I did. I think it would be a great content idea thing to it's like, I, it's like how many like how many videos does it take to shoot video like Peter McKinnon or whatever and just do your first one mm-hmm. and then just like do like one a week or one a month or whatever whenever you have the time if you have the <laughs> Funny time. Thing is, I actually started that. I started. Yeah? I was gonna say if I can I do it with my iPhone. Can I become as good as Peter McKinnon with an iPhone? And I did that on Facebook on my page. And I did. It was probably. I think six videos of me trying to get there, like setting up and shooting the 120 and everything. And I got some pretty good looking stuff. I really did. I mean, I, I was kind of impressed with what I got, but it definitely wasn't his level, but I did at least put myself through the paces with a phone. I just, at that time, didn't have like a $6,000 camera like he had that did the one, the 4k 120 and all that stuff. So Yeah. But I, I think <laughs> the thing is, man, I, I honestly like, I think it's going to gravitate more to just like simplest. Cause like as much as I love like expensive cameras and expensive lenses and stuff like that, dude, if I could just do it from a phone, like I still have the iPhone eight. And as long as you have decent lighting, cause like this iPhone eight later, man. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I somebody asked me the other day, he's like, is that a button on there? I'm like, (laughs) 
listen, dude, it still works. Okay. And if you got good lighting, it's okay. Like, dude, lighting is. is huge. Like, I mean, like I said, this is a webcam. And if you're watching on YouTube, like I've the sun's going down. So now I'm getting that like golden hour, uh, going on, but man, uh, so I also want to give you a time to, you know, promote your workshops and your products and services. So, um, like I said, for the people listening or the people watching, uh, what services products do you offer? The only thing I'm offering right now, uh, if you just go to davidfostermedia.com, that's my website. You can connect with me there. I'm not really doing any courses or anything at the time because I've been working on our remote production. So I we're setting up remote servers and I'm getting ready to be out on the road traveling and coming into the show remotely from different locations. Um, so that's been where I've been lately. So I haven't just haven't been working on that stuff. So that's really the only thing I have right now is my website. Awesome, man. And, what, and uh, one more time for... Uh, for what is the website? DavidFosterMedia.com. Awesome, man. Well, dude, I seriously appreciate your time, man. Thanks. It was fun. <laughs>